welcome to the Nerd Party. It's not working. How long since you've cleaned the heads? The what? The heads. Do you have any alcohol? To drink? What? No, no, to clean it. Check the tracking. The rental place closes in two hours. Shut up, shut up. It's working. Time for a retro perspective. Hello and welcome to Retro Perspective, the show on the Nerd Party where we take a look at all of the movies released 25 years ago this week. I'm Mike. I am still John. And today we're going to be taking a look at the movies released between August 3rd and August 19th, 1994. Yes. Yeah. Pretty big time span there. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll... just barrel through it so so let's start shall we yes let's get let's get these these uh rewatches and watches going here okay august 3rd which was a wednesday there were two movies released uh the first coming in at number 13 at the box office for the week with 0.2 million dollars and a 91 percent on rotten tomatoes eat drink man woman this movie was directed by Ang Lee, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. why I wanted to watch it, but I didn't have time, so I didn't. Nor did I. Okay. Nor did I. Well, well, we'll have to get to that. He's got the Gemini Man thing coming out in a few months with the high frame rate and the 3D, and uh, yeah, you know, whatever. He, al- he always makes something memorable. Regardless of what you think of it, it's it sticks with you. So, and I, I remember at the time uh, the very positive reception for Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. But it was, you know, I lived in, you know, the exurbs and stuff like that. My movie theater was not going to get Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. Yeah, not by a long shot. Oh well, maybe someday. Maybe you'll yes. get Gemini Man. I'm pretty sure I'll be able to see Gemini Man if I want to. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, there was another movie that was released on August 3rd and came in at number one at the box office for the week with $39.1 million and 80% positive on Rotten Tomatoes, Clear and Present Danger. Yes, Clear and Present Danger, starring Harrison Ford reprising his role of replacing Alec Baldwin as Jack Ryan in the series based on uh, Tom Clancy's uh, potboiler books about geopolitical problems yeah are you a fan of the jack ryan series not of the series no i thought hunt for red october is great that's a terrific film (laughs) yeah but not so much the other ones no i didn't see the one with chris pine i can tell you that clear and present danger is not the worst one of the series um because uh i saw the one with ben affleck uh some of all fears Mm mm-hmm and that was really bad. That was a really bad movie. I see, I like all of them. I've seen all of them. I like all of them. Um, some of them are not as good as others. Like I think the 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 Chris Pine one, Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit. That you know, it's fun and everything, but it's ultimately forgettable. Some of all fears, I think there's a lot of cool stuff going on in it, but some of it, it, it just doesn't reach the heights of like Hunt for Red October, you know, which is clearly the best. 
Um, and Patriot Games, th- there's like parts of it which I really, really love and then parts of it which kind of drag on. But Clear and Present Danger, I'd probably put at number two uh, in the in the series behind Hunt for October. I would as well, but it's a distant second. Okay. Did you watch it for this? Yes, I did. Of course I did. Yes. <laughs> I just talked about how much I don't like this movie, but of course okay. I watched it. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough comment. But it was one of those things where there's enough distance that maybe I was going to like it more this time. Maybe I like there was an interest in revisiting it because there's so much time passed. You know, you you go back, you watch something that you liked and you're like, "Uh, I'm not at that place anymore. And sometimes you see something you didn't like. and You're like, you know what? I was a little too hard on this, but I don't think I was too hard on it. I, you know, did you watch it? Yeah, I did. Um, All but, right. I mean, this is a movie which I've seen a ton of times. I mean, the last time mm-hmm. I watched it was right before the Jack Ryan TV show came on. Did you watch that? Oh, oh yeah. I really like the Jack Ryan TV show. A little yeah. uneven in the back half of the season, but it was yeah. good. It was a really good show. Yeah, leading up to that, I rewatched all of the movies just for kicks. Um, but oh, okay. I've seen Clear and Present Danger a billion times, so, you know. It just never really... I mean, there there are sparks of... Uh, you know, uh, Harrison Ford's charisma can't be denied sort of stuff. But I, I just, I think it's, it's one of those things where they needed to take another pass and cut like another 20 minutes out of it. Yeah, I could see that, you know, going into it, I was like thinking about like, you know, I was like, man, I'm surprised that true lies is not my number one movie so far. I would have really thought that that would have, you know, blown away everything else. And, um, I was kind of like thinking about my reaction to like True Lies and Speed and some of the other movies which I consider be, to be the top so far. And I was like, boy, Clear and Present Danger, that might be my number one movie of the year so far. And then, you know, watching it, I was like, no, you know, yeah. it's 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 not as good as those two. But I would still probably put it at number three on the year so far. I think I'm probably just more difficult with it specifically because there are certain things where I just think that some of the intrigue stuff is slower paced than it should be and a little bit clunky in how it comes together. And I, you know, in terms of holding up, like the the whole thing where he's like hacked into the guy's computer and they're going back like that has a sort of nostalgic charm to it because even now that's not what computer hacking would look like yeah. you know where they're like dueling delete keys and stuff like that um but uh, you know I'll give them credit for the fact that they at least tried to acknowledge the sort of the dense material of a uh, of a Clancy book and how Laird it is, but I would say probably that would get at my problem with the movie overall is that it has a book structure, not a movie structure. Mm-hmm. And so it books can meander and can go down these different rabbit holes and stuff. But, you know, I just, I, I don't hate it, not by a, a long shot, but I just, you know, wasn't too impressed by it this time. Okay. All right. Well, moving on to Friday, August 5th, uh, we had two more movies come out. 
next up at number 10 at the box office with $3.3 million and 21% positive on Rotten Tomatoes, Airheads. I did not rewatch it, but I have seen it multiple times in my life. Okay, I have not seen it. They they actually did like a uh, 25th anniversary screening in 35 millimeter here in Chicago with the director and everything, and I was like, I should go to that, but I didn't. So, uh, how is Airheads from what you remember? Oh, I I didn't see it for the first time until well after it came out. You know, probably early 2000s or whatever. I think it's charming. It's a charming, fun little movie that is. You know, it's 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 just where the, it's a silly little uh, movie that has a lot of energy to it and very much, very much captures um, the era and has a lot of fun poking, you know, poking at the sort of grunge music trend that was going on at the time. And, you know, and definitely plays with the whole idea of like the authenticity of a musician versus the inauthentic authenticity of the musician and you know all of those sorts of things and i think it's very cute i think it's worth seeing i i have very fond memories of it okay i want to check it out sooner or later yeah, yeah steve buscemi's in it i know it's always a plus right yeah. uh brendan fraser uh joe mantegna michael mckeon so yeah. um and oh what's his name uh matthew lillard is in it i think hmm. there you go yeah yeah all right, so one more movie this week. Coming in at number four at the box office with $15.9 million and a 23% on Rotten Tomatoes, The Little Rascals. Have you nope. seen this? Nope. It looks really bad. It sure does. Could not bring myself to watch it. Sorry. Nah. So, nah. nah. So for the first week, I mean, I would definitely give my vote to Clear and Present Danger especially since it's the only one of the four that I've seen. Um, but uh, it sounds like you prefer Airheads? Very much so. Okay. I, I, would, I would give Airheads much higher marks. All right, so let's move on to the, our next week, where we have another Wednesday opening, August 10th, coming in at number 14 at the box office with $0.4 million and a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Yep. Did you watch this? I did. I had never seen it, but I watched it for this uh, for our little show here. Me too. So, what did you think? It was all right. Yeah. It was given the subject matter. I I found it to be a little bland. Yeah. Uh, honestly. It, which it was surprising. It's very formulaic in terms of like the road trip thing. Which, you know, generally speaking, I like road trip movies, but they do definitely have a plot. And one of the things which I always dread whenever I'm watching a road trip movie is the part where the vehicle breaks down, you know, Mm -hmm. it's going to happen no matter what it is, right? It's going to happen. And this, in this one, it happened and it's broken down for like, half the movie yes and i'm just like come on and like the thing is it's like when it finally when they finally get where they're going when the movie finally gets where it's going i'm like okay i'm into this this is good i like what they're doing here but it takes for 
forever to get there. And I'm just like, come on, guys, let's go. Come on, let's go. And so, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I did not, I did not like it. I also thought that it was very jumpy, which is weird because, like, the guy who directed this, Stephen Elliott, I think his name is, like, mm-hmm. he did this other movie, like, after this called Eye of the Beholder with Ashley Judd and Ewan McGregor. Have you seen that? No, but it, it sounds very familiar. It's like this weird thriller thing with like weird psychological. There might be sci-fi elements. I don't remember exactly what it's about. I remember that the editing is insane and like the style is just like super crazy. And it's like one of those things where like you watch it and you're like, this is so slick. This is so, you know, like you want to give it points for that. But the problem is it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. You cannot follow the plot to save your life. And because of that, it's it's not good at all. And I kind of felt like this was sort of a mini version of that, um, but without like the cool style. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, I wasn't a fan. Uh, I just, I thought, I, I agree with, you know, what you're saying. Um, I thought that Terrence, I remember Terrence Stamp getting the lion's share of praise uh, back in the day. And he deserves it. I thought his his performance was solid. Um, and there were elements that were very interesting. But it, you know, I, I don't know how much more I could add to what you said. But yeah, that it, I, I was just, I was left with this sort of sense of surprise at not particularly caring for it. Yeah. Of, I felt, I felt almost like that disorienting feeling where you've, lived for so long with you know remembering how much people loved it and praised it and talked about how wonderful it was and you watch it and you're like is is there something wrong what am I not seeing here so like you're really watching it closely to be like what am I missing yeah and you sort of almost seem like to overthink it because you're just like waiting for that magic moment to happen and maybe that's one of those things where it's just built up so much I mean like I remember the first time I watched Big Lebowski after my friends talking about it for you know, like a year, I was like, it was fine. You know, same thing with Shaun of the Dead. And now I Mm -hmm. I go back and I look at those and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, see, I was just like, I was expecting like the best thing ever and it was just fine, you know? But yeah, yeah, I don't know. And I didn't realize that it was Hugo Weaving and Guy mm -hmm. Pierce. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't know because back then I don't think anyone knew who they were, right? Well, Guy Pierce would have... Would he have broken through with LA Confidential by this point? Or no, no, that's two years in the future from here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh no. But yeah, and Hugo Weaving is yeah. Like he's got a very distinctive look and so what they do with his look is very interesting. Um but yeah, you know, I, I think also maybe something that hurts it, I I'm not kidding either, is that it's set in Australia, so there's nothing culturally for me to hook on to to mm-hmm. understand where they're going through. And like I, you know, there's the the general template of the people that hate them for who they are and stuff like that. But I think if they're if it were set in a more familiar, you know, set of environs going on, I probably would have reacted better to it because I would have been able to say, "Oh yeah, I know that area," or "That seems familiar to me." Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh well. 
Um, well, there were two other movies that came out uh, in this week on Friday, August 12th. A la mode, which uh, I really don't know anything about this movie because there's yep. not even trailers for it. You can't find it anywhere. I can't, couldn't find any box office information about it. It's, it has uh, no no reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, although the audience score is 75%. So I basically know nothing about this movie. It's We probably dodged a bullet. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. But the other movie came in at number six at the box office this week with $10 million and 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. In the Army Now, mm-hmm. starring Pauly Shore. Yep. No way I'm willingly watching a Pauly Shore movie and paying for it. Nope. Yeah, I did not watch this movie either. Sorry. Sorry, Pauly. I, I do not want to revisit any memories of Pauly Shore's brief wink at fame. Yep. I have nothing against him personally. I'm sure he's a fine person and has friends and family and everybody who loves him. And I wish him nothing but the best, but I have never watched anything with him in it where I said, oh, ha, 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 that's great. Nope. Yep. Well, seems like Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert is the winner this week. Yep. So moving on to our final week, August 17th, another Wednesday release. They're, they're, They're really loving the Wednesday releases. We got another one next week, too. Coming in at number five at the box office with $7.7 million and 50% positive on Rotten Tomatoes, Andre. I couldn't find a copy of this, man. Really? I looked. Yeah, I couldn't. Was I just like looking wrong? Because there's another movie called Andre that came out like a decade and a half later or something, but that's not the same one. It was like 2007 or something like that. Well, I didn't try to look for this one, but I did see this. Uh, probably about 1998. And, oh, okay. Yeah. So you've seen this. Yeah, yeah. Because see, what I what I would do is I, I worked at a comic book store, but like I had a deal with the owner where I was like, you're not going to pay me much at all, but I'm not going to do much work at all. I will man the <laughs> counter on Fridays, but I will only watch movies while manning the counter. Right. And there was a blockbuster down the street. So I would go and just rent movies. And I was, I basically started at one end and I'm just like, I'm going to rent, you know, the first movie that looks good or intriguing. And I saw Andre and I looked at it and I'm like, oh, directed by George Miller. Oh, that sounds good. Mad Max. (laughs) (laughs) And what I didn't realize is there's actually two George Millers. Um, both yes. of them have done, I mean, and, and to be fair, I was like, oh, well, you know, George Miller did Babe. So, you know, he does kids' movies too. So, this is another kids' movie by George Miller. Not the same George Miller. That being no. said, this movie actually was pretty good uh, from what I remember. Uh, at least that's what I thought 21 years ago. Um, okay. It's, you know, it's cute. It's a cute kids' movie. Pretty sure the girl is the little girl from Independence Day, if I'm not mistaken. But she befriends a seal, you know, and then like yeah. they want to take the seal and bring him to a, you know, whatever. It's one of those movies. And oh, but it's her best friend. And how can they take this seal away from her? You know, one of those things. Like the big thing is the seal kept on like 
blowing raspberries at people, you know, like that kind of thing. And, you know, it's cute. Um, it's, it's a good kids movie. So there you go. And I saw yeah, it when I was I 18. Can... So, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully I can find a copy of it and watch it with the kids or something. Yeah. Yeah. They'd like it. They'd like it. It's, it's decent. Yeah. All right. So on August 19th, Friday, August 19th, there were three movies which came out. First one, I can't find any box office for it, but um, I, I'm, I'm aware of this movie for sure. And it's called Totally Effed Up. And it has 100% positive on Rotten Tomatoes. It was directed by this guy, Greg Araki, who is kind of one of the 90s indie cinema um, pioneers, I guess. And it's the first part of like a trilogy, I think a thematic trilogy, and it's about, you know, sort of like 90s youth. And, you know, it, it's very much sort of, I think, tapping into, you know, like counterculture and, you know, the LGBT community and stuff like that. And it's supposed to be just like this crazy, weird, like almost experimental movie. And I've been wanting to see it forever. And I can't find it. Mm. Have you seen it? Nope. That's the one that I really wanted to watch, and I'm really kind of disappointed that I don't watch it. And it's really weird because this guy, Greg Araki, who, I mean, he's made so many, like, crazy movies like this, and, like, all of his stuff is, like, so, so, like, off the the, you know, sort of, like, mainstream track that you're just, like, you know, like, like things that, that, you know, like aren't even going to be playing in, in like art houses and stuff like that. Like it's like that obscure, you know? And mm -hmm. now he like directs like teen drama. Like he directed an episode of Riverdale, you know, he directed mm -hmm. a bunch of episodes of 13 reasons why. And it's like, how does that work? Because like, he'd be like the guy who was like, you know, ripping on those uh, it's, it's whatever it's weird but it also makes me want to watch those shows so yeah you know i mean the thing is when you get into the script you know how i react to it oh it captures you know 90s youth life like a breakout in hives with those movies <laughs> see i'm all about those movies so yeah i i i i really wish i could have found a copy of this but i couldn't so what can you do um Next up, number 11 at the box office with $5.2 million and 13% on Rotten Tomatoes, Blank Man. Yes. Have you seen Not, this? Yes, I watched it for this week for the first time. <laughs> I was curious. Okay. And, uh, you know, it's not Harvey Blankman. It's Blank Man. And, uh, I mean, it's, you know, Damon Wayans and David Allen Greer are doing you know, a wacky Batman homage sort of thing. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, I was like, oh, you know, like I remember seeing the ads on the back of every single comic back then, you know. And I'm mm -hmm. like, now, especially with comic book movies being what they are, maybe this would be cool to revisit. And uh, then I watched the trailer and I'm like, nah. I'm there good. are a couple of chuckles. 
I, you know, there are a couple of chuckles in it. It's harmless enough. It's not particularly memorable. And, it, you know, honestly, it really has the feel of just you know, sort of like the it has that sort of like happy Gilmore vibe to it where it's just, it's just a bunch of people getting together and just, you know what, let's try to do something funny. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, and, you know, I mean, you know, Wayans and Greer have, you know, good chemistry. Robin Givens is in it. Jason Alexander is in it in a, a really interesting sort of role. And, you know, they, they of course, you know, amp everything up to a thousand in terms of the caricatures uh, of everybody. And it's, you know, it's all right. It's not, it's not bad. It's not good, but it's, you know, I've, I've spent two hours worse ways, you know? Yeah. It's all right. Okay. I'll take your word for it. I can't see that this is high up on my list of things to see. Yeah. No, I'm not saying, you know, beat a path to Amazon's door and, you know, kick it down and say, take my $3. I must watch this. It's not, it's not that. But, you know, if it's on for free and you're looking around for something, you know, it's a good way to beat a day that's, you know, too hot or too rainy outside. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I did watch the number four movie at the box office Mm -hmm. on August 19th, which came in uh, at $9.4 million, 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Color of Night. Saw it in the theater. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I had never seen it, you know, and I saw the trailer and I'm like, why not? And then I saw that it was on HBO and they had the director's cut with an added 19 minutes. Oh, no. Yeah. And I'm like, let's do this. So okay. what did you think when you saw it in the theater? Oh, I hated it, Mike. <laughs> I hated it a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> Bruce Willis has abused my love for him many many times over the years and this was one of those times where I was like come on man what the hell oh, he wasn't nearly as bad in this as he is in some of his more recent stuff you know this is back when Fair. he still pretended like he cared that's true and also back when he pretended he still had hair so that's true yeah, yeah. you know I'm dying to know, though, what did you think? You watched a version that was 19 minutes longer than the one I saw. Yeah. Please do tell. For, from what I understand, there's um, more than anything, it's, it basically has more sex in it. Um, oh, boy. This is the, the uh, I guess, infamous version where you get to see Bruce Willis's penis. So that was exciting. Um, wow. Actually, we're going to get to see it again in a few weeks, you know, with uh, Pulp Fiction, so... It's the year of oh, yeah. Bruce Willis's penis, apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I, I, you know, it's trends. It's like you know, '98. You had the two uh, asteroid movies. Like '97 was the two volcano movies. '94 was Willis looking for any reason to show his. <laughs> Willie. There you go. So. Okay. um, Yeah, no, it's, it's really bad. Um, Yep. I mean, like stylistically, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. You know, I kind of like the concept, even though it's like absolutely ridiculous. Like, 
you know, he's a psychi- he's a psychologist who uh, whose who's patient jumps out his office window and mm-hmm. and kills herself. And he's so traumatized by the sight of the blood that he no longer sees the color red. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to hang out with his friend, who's another psychologist played by Scott Bakula. And he's got like a group session. And Bakula is convinced that one of the patients is going to kill him. But he doesn't know which one. Mm-hmm. And then they do. So now Bruce Willis needs to take over his his sessions and figure out who killed Scott Bakula. Sure um, seems like a police investigation goes differently than that, but okay. Well, sure. the police yeah. are involved too, and they need his help. And he's like, I can't violate client. Pr-. And like Ruben Blades plays the cop who plays by his own rules. And uh-huh. he's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he's like so <laughs> over the top. And it's the way it's written, you know? And yep. and it's written by Billy Ray, who's, you know, become like a established, legit, you know, presence in, in the world of film. And it's just like, boy, I get this must have been like his first movie or something. I don't know. But yikes. And then yeah, I mean the whole thing is like it's so poorly constructed and Mm. there's like this whole mystery but you figure out the mystery like and like a half an hour into the movie like as soon as it's presented you're like oh Mm -hmm. here's how all the pieces fit together you know and it's just like geez what's going on guys uh yeah Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't work it's 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 bad well, I'm glad to see that my memory of it uh, is retained. And actually, I'll, I'll relate it back to um, finally uh, Free Jack, which came out two years prior to this, uh, which I also saw in the movie theater, um, was for years I would talk about how terrible it was, and, but I, I hadn't been able to see it for decades. And I suspect Color of Night would fall into the same category. There are things I forget left and right in my life. There are things from two years ago where somebody would say, oh, you remember? And I was like, oh, no, I'm not, not really. But there is something about a bad movie that sticks with you where you can remember a lot of stuff. And hearing you talk about it, I'm starting to have scenes from the movie come back. And I'm like, and, it, and it's, it's almost like a traumatic memory of... I was trapped in the movie theater and I couldn't leave because my ride was also there and I couldn't get out. You know, like it's it's just amazing how these how a movie can stick with you both for good reasons and bad reasons. And this is one of those ones where when we got to the list, I'm like, and I just saw color of night and I just, nope, not a chance. I am not doing this one again. And that's why blank man uh, got my money. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, you can watch it on uh, HBO if you want and director's cut and all that. So, you know, I'm good. Okay. I'm all right. It's cool. All right. Well, out of the, you know, the two movies that I saw, from this week, even though one I haven't seen 21 years ago and did not feel the need to revisit, I would still probably recommend Andre over Color of Night. So fair, yeah, fair. Um, so uh, of these three weeks, who's your winner for for this entire span of time? Clear and present danger, no doubt. 
What about mm. you? Even though I didn't revisit it, Airheads wins by default. Okay. But of the ones that I did watch, oy, I would probably give the edge to Clear and Present Danger because I thought some of the action sequences were really well put together. Yeah, it's a well-made movie. Yeah. I don't know. It works for me. Holds up. All right. Well, next week, next week is when the real game begins. Maybe we've said that before, but keep on <laughs> saying it. Uh, no. There are one, two, three, four, five movies next week. Um, mm-hmm. One Wednesday opening, four Friday openings, and those movies are The Advocate, Karina, Karina, mm. Wagons East, mm-hmm. Camp Nowhere, mm. and Natural Born Killers. Mm-hmm. So, looking forward to those quite a bit. But until then, John, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, look for Castle Junkie. I lurk on Twitter. You can find me uh, logging reviews over on Letterboxd, and you can find me right here on the network co-hosting Aggressive Negotiations, a Star Wars podcast with my friend Matthew Rushing, where we explore, we're not your typical Star Wars podcast where we're talking about news and speculation. We're talking about some of the deeper dive stuff uh, having to do with the world's coolest saga. So where can people find you, Mike? Uh, You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mumbles3K. You can also find me on my website, filmdamagepod.com, doing a show called Film Damage. And you can find me on trek.fm, doing a show called Tracks on the Line. And yeah, uh, I guess that's it. Next week, definitely exciting, definitely some cool stuff coming up and you know we're we're moving out of summer and into the fall and the fall is where it all happens so good good stuff good stuff in the near future i think yeah start bringing the heavy hitters and the controversial stuff that's going to get people talking and having oliver stone doing mtv interviews about television violence (laughs) yeah 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 exciting Mm -hmm. stuff all right yeah Well, we'll be talking about it next week. But until then, be kind, rewind. Rewind.